Some will say the Raiders' season in 2023 was a waste. I'll tell you why it was everything but a waste. That's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Hey, welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. As always, thank you so much for the support of the show if you're checking us out on YouTube. And big shout-out to my man Ari. He does a great job making sure we're on YouTube each and every day. You want to hit him up, you can on Twitter at Ari Produces. At your boy Q254, you can hit me up as well. Or the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We know week 18 will be the final week of Raider football. Uh, we know that everything gets wrapped up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Then we'll talk to Antonio Pierce on Monday. We'll have a little bit of locker room action on Monday following the uh, media session with Antonio Pierce. And then it's going to go dark for a while. Then it's off into the Raiders offseason. But still, with all that being said, Plenty of feedback to get to straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, 707-654-4693. We'll get to those calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's show. Segment number two, I'll talk about why the 2023 season was very beneficial for the silver and black. I know some are saying that it was a complete waste because the Raiders missed the playoffs. I get that. No disrespect to them, but I like to take it a step further and tell you why it was everything but a waste. We'll do that in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Here in segment number one, I'd like to hit you with the news and notes, whatever I collect from Tuesday, and we'll go ahead and jump right into it after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. We'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. And today's really the last day that we'll take a look back at the loss to Indy in Week 17, 23-20, that eliminated the Silver and Black from postseason contention. And it sucks that that's what it is, but that is what it is. The Raiders did go ahead and make a move, a roster move or two, on Tuesday, uh, they placed tight end Cole Fotheringham on the practice squad injured list. He hurt himself in Sunday's game versus the Colts. And uh, really, uh, it was only down to uh, down to Austin Hooper as the only active tight end on the roster on Sunday. And he was able to hold it down. But uh, yeah, Cole Fotheringham on the practice squad injured list. And then signed, they signed tight end EJ Jenkins to the practice squad. So one to the injured list, one more added to the practice squad. Also wanted to pass along a little nugget. From Max Crosby, or about Max Crosby, following the game on Sunday, he's now up to 86 career tackles for loss, passing Levante David uh, for third most tackles for loss in NFL history since 99, among players in their first five seasons in the NFL. And none of that should surprise you when it comes to Max Crosby, right? The dude gives ultimate effort all the time. He's a guy that never wants to come out of the game. He sure never wants to miss any games, wants to put everything out there. He's a guy that the Raiders are lobbying for, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I know Raider Nation would love to see him get Defensive Player of the Year. Hell, I'd love to see him get Defensive Player of the Year. But ultimately, the Raiders haven't won enough. They're not in the playoffs, and we know how it goes. It's not always necessarily the most deserving player. It's the player on the team that is doing the best. So as I look at it and I see the Baltimore Ravens as the best team in football, I'm expecting to see a lot of award recipients come from the Baltimore Ravens. I'm expecting to see a lot of award recipients come from the San Francisco 49ers, right? I mean, there's just that's just what it is. The teams that are really good teams that are in the playoffs that are going to make a deep run, those are the teams that are going to get most of the awards. Unfortunately, Max Crosby is not going to be in line for the Defensive Player of the Year 
Award. He probably won't win the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, even though he is the nominee from the Silver and Black. That'd be awesome to see him win that one as well. Anytime Max Crosby gets a chance to win an award, I'm all for it because we know what he means to the Raiders. So that's just one little nugget uh, from Ma- about Max Crosby that Raiders PR put out, and I thought I'd pass that along. Also, I had John McClain, the, the Hall of Famer from Sports Radio 610, longtime Houston Chronicle writer uh, on my radio show. He joins it each and every Tuesday at 3 p.m. to talk all things NFL, and he was not prompted to talk about the Raiders. I was actually asking him a question about Jim Harbaugh and the fact that following Monday night's game next Monday night when they play the national championship in Houston up against Washington, Michigan and Washington for the national championship. Will that be the last game that Jim Harbaugh coaches in the, in college and makes his way to the NFL? John McClain answers that answer or answers that question. And then all of a sudden he gets into, you know, a little statement that he makes about Antonio Pierce, Mark Davis and the silver and black. Check it out. It could depending on who wants him and how much they want to pay him. Yeah, he'd be getting out of Ann Arbor just as the posse comes to town. The NCAA is not ruled. Everybody says he gets suspended some games next year. If he's ever coming to the NFL at 59, this would be the time to do it. He hired Donald Yee, Brady's agent, Sean Payton's agent. Don's been around forever, a great agent. I think he's setting himself up to make the jump. If I'm him, I want to go to the Chargers. I want to coach. Coach Justin Herbert, he's coached at Stanford, he's coached at the University of San Diego, and uh, I don't know, maybe Mark Davis makes some kind of offer. He offered John Gruden to get him to come there. We think Belichick, if he's available, might end up in Washington, but Harbaugh will never be harder. Can you imagine what it's like for for their mom and dad, Jack's former coach? You've got, you got Jim, who is uh, the Let's say the biggest name because of all the controversy mm-hmm. and the fact that he's still coaching for a championship. And then John, who may have the best team in the NFL. Right. I bet when they get together in off season with mom and dad, there's going to be some fun stories told by that family. Yeah, there's no doubt. They've they like Jim Harbaugh always says, "Who's got it better than us? Nobody. <laughs> They're doing really Nobody. well." <laughs> and I tell you something else, Q. No matter what the Raiders do against the Broncos, and I hope they beat them. When you think about what the Raiders have gone through with Mark Davis making that move to get rid of the coach and GM and then elevating his two guys, and they go with a rookie. What was O'Connor? Fourth-round pick? Fourth-round pick, yep. If they could end up at 8-9, and nine, that is a pretty darn good season, and I hope their fans realize that, and uh, I would be really fired up about next season and more and more sentiment around the NFL, from NFL people, that they think Antonio Pierce deserves that job. So I thought that was kind of cool because, again, I didn't ask him about Antonio Pierce. I didn't ask him what he's hearing from NFL guys around the league about Antonio Pierce, but I thought it was pretty cool. Obviously, he's talking about Jim Harbaugh originally, and then he starts talking about the job that Mark Davis did by going ahead and removing Josh McDaniels when he did on Halloween night, giving it to Antonio Pierce with nine games left and letting him see what he can do. And Antonio Pierce turning things around. And you heard what he said. I hope that they win on, on Sunday against the Denver Broncos and end their season eight and nine, even though that's not the record that we want to see. That's not the record that's going to get them to the, the playoffs, obviously, but it still shows you that this team was willing to go to war and make it happen and, uh, you know, try to win these games for Antonio Pierce, for themselves, for their fan base, everything. I thought it was a really good job that AP has done. It's something we've been talking about quite a bit here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So I thought that was a cool little statement from John McClain. Again, I wasn't prompted 
to talk about the Raiders. He just brought him up on his own. Again, we'll talk to interim head coach Antonio Pierce later on today around 11.05 a.m. at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And then there will be a, there'll be a little bit of a media session with quarterback Aiden O'Connell and wide receiver Devontae Adams at 1.45 through 2.30. So around that little window right there, both obviously Pacific time. That'll be today. Again, Antonio Pierce at 11.05. Aiden O'Connell, Devontae Adams at 1.45 to 2.30. Open locker room, but I won't be available for that as I'll be doing my radio show. Coming up in segment number three, or segment number two, geez, skipping already to segment number three. Coming up in segment number two, why 2023 was everything but a wasted season. We'll do it next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about game time. And maybe you're thinking about coming to the game to wrap up the season against Denver at Allegiant Stadium, and you're trying to get last-minute tickets. Or maybe you're trying to get some last-minute tickets for your family or friends. Well, game time is going to help you do that. You don't want to have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event, right? And they've got tickets for everything. You know, sporting events like the Raiders and Broncos on Sunday, uh, concerts, comedy shows, theater events, whatever the case may be, they have them. They also have zone deals. They have flash deals. They have hookup on last minute tickets. Easy to find any buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, plus views from all seats in the venue. What do you have to do to make that happen? Well, you got to download the Game Time app. You got to create an account and use promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account, redeem code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's all from Game Time. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into the conversation about the 2023 season and why it was everything but a waste of a season. I know it didn't end the way that anyone, including myself, wanted it to. We all wanted to see the Raiders make the playoffs and see what kind of run, especially with the defense led by Patrick Graham. But with that being said, there was a lot of positives to take away from the season. So I, I think that there's a lot to build off of from the silver and black. I think that they showed a lot this past season and showed you kind of a little bit of a, a glimpse of who they could be with the right pieces in place and the right people in place. So again, I've seen a lot of people, heard a lot of people say, oh, it's a wasted season. It sucks. They lost. They didn't get to the playoffs. They lost games that they shouldn't have won or should have won, like the Vikings game, uh, the game on Sunday against the Colts, the Bears game. Absolutely right. You were spot on about all those, but there's still so many different positives I take away from this season, and I kind of encourage you to take a step back, maybe you know, step back a little bit and calm down a little bit. I know Raider Nation's fired up, and it's been far too long since this team has been a really good team, a team that's consistently in the playoffs. I get that. That's the ultimate goal. But, man, I could just run down a few things that happened in 2023 that I think is positive. And first and foremost, I never root for anyone to get fired. I say that all the time. But Josh McDaniels being removed when he was. You know, on, on Halloween, similar to what you heard John McClain say in segment number one, again, he wasn't prompted to say any of that. He brought it up on his own. But Joshua Daniels being removed on Halloween, Mark Davis saying, you know what, this isn't working. We need to do something else. A lot of owners would say, hey, man, this, this guy, uh, this, this you know, staff I put in place, I said that they were going to have at least three years to get it figured out, and we're going to stick to it. I don't want to pay a guy not to be here. I don't want to pay multiple guys not to be here. And Mark Davis said, you know what, I'm not worried about the money. I'm going to go ahead and make the move because this ain't it, right? He heard what the fan base had to say. He could see with his own eyes that it wasn't working. The product on the field wasn't where it needed to be. And he heard from the players in the locker room that the culture wasn't where it was supposed to be. And he just said, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and bite the bullet and I'll go ahead and make the move. He did that and gave Raider Nation new hope 
and took a dark cloud off of the organization, gave those players in the locker room something to get excited about, gave the fan base something to get excited about. Hell, even I got more excited about what was going on with the silver and black. Again, that dark cloud was lifted that I didn't even know was there until Mark Davis made that move on Halloween. So they, he, he agreed to make that move. He went with Antonio Pierce. Didn't know what Antonio Pierce was going to do. I sure didn't know what Antonio Pierce was going to do as the interim head coach, and I think there's a lot of positives. I've said it before. I think he deserves the job. Will he get it? Well, we'll see. We'll find out sooner rather than later. But, uh, you know, we wouldn't have known what AP could do if he didn't have that opportunity. Also, I've mentioned the defense many times. They show what they're capable of doing, right? Patrick Graham showed what he's capable of doing as a defensive coordinator to the point where nobody wants to lose him now. Right, He met with the media on Tuesday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, and he said he didn't want to get emotional, said that he loved this group of guys, and a lot of people took that for like a goodbye, and people are upset about that. Right, And when Patrick Graham at the beginning of the season, I thought that he was going to end up being scapegoated. When they moved him upstairs to the booth, I'm like, oh, that's the first move to saying, oh, it's your fault. Your, your unit's not getting it done. we got to move on from you. And instead, Patrick Graham's defense has been the strongest suit of the team. It was good before Josh McDaniels got fired. But it was even better after he got fired and him and AP, to in my opinion, started collaborating even more. I feel like that the defense came out and started playing even at a higher level. But they showed, that's a very big positive. They showed what they're capable of doing and the Raiders haven't had a strong defense in a long time. Jack Jones, how about the addition of him? Picked up off of waivers by way of the Patriots and his contract is very reasonable. He's under contract for a couple of years. I see people say, extend him, extend him, extend him. You don't have to. He's under contract for two years, two more years at a very reasonable rate. You've got a guy that could be a player, a guy that has the kind of edge that you need in the secondary. Speaking of the secondary, Amik Robertson, Nate Hobbs, they played well. Nate showed you who he could be when healthy, what kind of addition he could bring. And I know Amik Robertson doesn't make all the plays, but he showed you he could be a playmaker as well. He might not be a guy that's an everyday starter, but a guy who's got an expiring contract, I would love to see him come back. I think he's earned that. I think he's earned a contract extension. I'm not saying for big-time money, but I think that he's earned a little something-something to come back. He makes plays. He's around the ball, right? I don't think that we should continue to talk about him as the guy who doesn't make the roster. And when I say we, I mean me. I think he's shown what he can do this year. Trayvon Merrick, he's settled in. I think that Marcus Epps has shown him. Again, these are guys on the defense, and the defense played, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Great ball all season long. There's a few hiccups along the way, including the game on Sunday against the Colts. They gave up some undisciplined big-time plays of the Colts that they can't happen, some breakdowns in coverage, but for the most part, that defense has been money. So you've potentially found your next long-term head coach. Obviously, time will tell on that. You've potentially found your long-term GM, right? You've potentially seen the, the direction. There, That's something positive. You know, without Josh McDaniels, kind of taking it back to Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham's not part of the staff. And if Patrick Graham's not part of the staff, AP's not part of the staff, right? So think about that. Champ Kelly, he is interviewed for the GM job. He gets the assistant GM, and now he could potentially end up being the actual full-time GM moving forward. Again, obviously, they've got interview processes. But, you know, I think that Aiden O'Connell getting as many starts as he did was a positive because you could see what you like about Aiden O'Connell, see what you don't like, see if you think he could be the guy moving forward. The Raiders could get a good idea if he could be the guy moving forward without just flat-out benching Jimmy G, even though they ultimately did. But he was injured multiple times, and when he finally did get back in, just didn't look like he had it. So it's not like they forced Aiden O'Connell on the field. It's basically the play of Jimmy G put Aiden O'Connell on the field and kept him on the field. So I think that that was a positive, again, not because he went out there and won every game and made every throw, but, again, you saw kind of who he was, what he can bring to the table, what he can't, if the Raiders feel like they can compete at a high level with him or not. 
You know, that's that's uh, I think those are all positives. You know, there's there's draft picks that you're starting to see some some play from. You're starting to see guys uh, that are that are, you know, a couple years in the league starting to develop like Malcolm Kuntz all of a sudden has really developed. He looked like he could be a true, uh, you know, number two across from Max Crosby now. That's something that we didn't know who was going to be that guy. Chandler Jones, obviously he wasn't that guy. Didn't get to play all season long. We know what happened with him. Tyree Wilson never developed that quickly. The jury's obviously still out on him. He has flashes, but, you know, he's going to have to continue to improve and work really hard. I think Michael Mayer, the second-round pick, showed what he can be. I know he's currently injured, but he showed what he could be. That's a positive. Trey Tucker, he's got speed. He's got to work on the hands a little bit, the foot placement, but he's got that speed that the Raiders lost when Henry Ruggs uh, was released from the team following the tragic accident here in Las Vegas. Byron Young, nothing on him. Ja'Korian Bennett, eh, jury's still out. He really didn't get any action. Uh, O'Connell already talked about him. Then the later three picks, Christopher Smith, Amari Bernie, Nessa J. Silvera, nothing from them. But there's some guys to, to look at and like, and not to mention some of the free agents that were brought in, like Robert Spillane, a clear leader on the team. Right, another another guy defensively that could be a stud. Jacoby Myers was a big positive, right? A really good addition across from Devontae Adams. You saw what he was able to bring to the table to the point where Hunter Renfro is probably an expendable dude. I don't expect to see him back next season. But uh, Zamir White finally started to get some burn, and you're starting to see what he could be as a running back and potentially be a really good one. Dylan Parham, you got to see him at the center position, uh, which is probably going to be the position that he ends up being uh, long-term. Thayer Mumford. You saw that he, if has to, can go in there and hold down the left tackle spot. Like, again, I'm not grasping for straws. These are all facts. These are all facts about positives that happened in 2023. And ultimately, like Antonio Pierce says, it's a win-loss league. It's all about wins and losses, and I get that. I am 100% there. It's been far too long since the Raiders have been in the playoffs consistently competing for championships, right? But they went to Kansas City. They beat the Chiefs, showing that it's possible. Right. It's something that they can do. They've got to have the right mindset. That could be something that all of a sudden could become consistent, similar to the Raiders and the Chargers always splitting. Maybe all of a sudden now the Raiders and the Chiefs start to split more consistently than what they've done. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is starting to come back down to earth or the Raiders are showing that, hey, we're not afraid of you. Right. I mean, that's a step in the positive direction. Again, I think that there's a lot of positives to take away. Ultimately, I'd like to see the Raiders win some of those games that they should have. Again, going back to Chicago, Minnesota, this last week against Indianapolis, to say the least. Those three games all should have been wins, in my opinion. That would have put them at 10 wins right there. But, you know, should have, would have, could have. <laughs> you know, Pittsburgh going back to what, week three? Pittsburgh Steelers game should have been a dub at home, but it wasn't, you know, and again, I could do that should have, would have, could all the time and, uh, you know, find wins on the schedule. Uh, the Raiders ultimately lost them and that's, that's what happens. But, you know, at the end of the day, depending on how the head coaching search goes, uh, and I do think it's going to get wrapped up pretty quickly since the Raiders had an opportunity after firing their coach first this, this year to really kind of put their short list together and decide what they're going to do. That's also a positive because with the right people in place, and a few tweaks to the roster, quarterback, potential offensive coordinator, and a couple of other positions, I think this team could really be in a good position moving forward. And I don't think they're as far away as a lot of people may think. But that's just me. So those are some of the positives that I see from the 2023 season, which makes me say it was not a waste. It was not a waste at all. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. And we'll do that after we tell you about FanDuel. And the NFL regular season, it is wrapping up. It is week 18, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. A $5 bet is going to get you 150 in bonus bets 
win or lose. It doesn't get much easier than that. The app is easy to use. I use it all the time on Locked On Bets, another show I do on the, on the network with Lee Sterling. But there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays is right there, and a whole lot more spreads, uh, over-unders, you know, player props. They have, have got everything. Whatever it is that you may kind of want to dibble and dabble in, yeah, FanDuel's got you covered. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raider podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Emilio in Rancho Cordova. He's calling with the belief the Raiders' future is bright and talks about what he thinks the Raiders need moving forward. Hey, what's up, Kyrus? This is Emilio from Rancho Cordova, man. Uh, just wanted to call in. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of us, well, not me, but most of Raider Nation is a little bummed out because, you know, we lost and, uh, our year is over, no playoffs. But at the end of the day, I mean, we gotta look and see the future is hecka bright right now. And, um, I think if we want to, improve and see that future come for the Raiders. The Raiders are going to really need to either uh, either get a new quarterback, draft a quarterback, or try to get somebody that has a good offensive uh, playbook that's uh, experienced play caller to work with Aiden O'Connell because um, I mean, yesterday, I mean, he did pretty good, but at the end of the day, our offense isn't doing enough to win games. So, um, that's what I think, Q. So, um, yeah, hope you, hope you're, uh, you know, enjoying, uh, your new year and everybody in Raider Nation. Happy New Year, and uh, go Raiders. Emilio, thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate you. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that the Raiders could build off, similar to what I was talking about in segment number two of the show. Uh, they get me pretty excited, right? And, obviously, the, the, the biggest decisions have to be made at the top. The, the GM, the head coach, you know, if you're going to bring in a head of football operations, you do that as well. But, you know, those are the first decisions that have to be made, and then you go from there. You know, you look at the roster, you jump into it, you deep dive into it, and you have an opportunity to tweak it to your liking and get the team right where they need to be. But, of course, the first couple decisions got to be at the top. Who was, who's going to be the GM and who's going to be the head coach? And then, boom, attack the offseason. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's, it's never a dull moment when it's the silver and black as far as I'm concerned. Thanks so much for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Mike in Buffalo. He says, hey, Q, Mike from Buffalo here, another year gone. I feel like the Raiders missed an opportunity here with a solid roster with some early season losses. But if this makes sense, I think it will help long-term because they dump McDaniels because of it. If they make the right decision at head coach, quarterback, and offensive coordinator. My opinion, AP hands down. As far as quarterback, no to Russell Wilson, no to Justin Fields. Stick with O'Connell and draft someone to compete and bring in a backup vet to mentor them. As far as offensive coordinator, I think they need to get someone else. If they stick with Bo, then they need to get an inexperienced uh, play caller to mentor him. Uh, oh, they need to bring in an experienced play caller to mentor him. Here's hoping to a great offseason and better 2024 for the Silver and Black Raiders. That's Mike in Buffalo. And, yeah, that's what I was kind of talking about the other day 
If they stick with AP, I think they've got to bring in a very sharp, experienced offensive coordinator. Now, if they go with a different head coach, all right, well, all bets are off. But if you go with AP because of his lack of experience, I think you need to have someone really sharp around him, have a nice staff around him, and that's okay. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good thing. You know, I had someone point out to me on, uh, on Tuesday that, you know, we talk about AP and his game management and how it's not the greatest. We also talk about coaches that have been in the league forever that don't have good game management, and they still have a head coaching job, and they've got their team in the playoffs like the Cowboys, like Mike McCarthy. He's not a very good game manager at all. And I'm not saying that it's okay not to be a good game manager, but he's not. he doesn't have very good game management, and he's got the team in the playoffs. Right. They've got an opportunity to win the NFC East this weekend. So, you know, that was brought to my attention. I was like, yeah, you're kind of right about that. You know, so I think AP will grow. He just has to get more time on task. But again, that's a Mark Davis thing. It's not a cute thing. I've let it be known how I feel. We'll see. But I'm with you. They need to bring in a sharp offensive coordinator if they stick with AP and and then go from there. And yeah, I mean, if you don't want to go with Russell Wilson, uh, you don't want to go with Justin Fields, that's fine. I have no problem with that. You want to draft a quarterback and let him compete with O'Connell, I think that's great, right? Because then you have one guy that is a, is a in your opinion, solid quarterback, you know, whoever it is, if it's O'Connell or the guy they draft, and then you still have a young dude as a really good backup. Uh, again, I've said a thousand times, this year has proven you need a very strong backup as well besides just a, a strong starting quarterback because, man, there's been 50-something quarterbacks play this year. That's way more quarterbacks than anyone anticipated. But thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Amani in Carson. He's calling to talk about the Raiders and who they could potentially grab at the quarterback position that he's pretty excited about. Here he is, Amani out of Carson. Yo, what up, dude? It's Amani from Carson. Uh, man, just kind of wanted to chime in on the, you know, the drafting of the Raiders in the offseason. I'm really looking forward to who they're going to draft in quarterback, as a quarterback. Um, one thing I'm very optimistic about, though, is that um, the Raiders are going to get a really good quarterback because, in my opinion, of the teams who have top picks, like 1 through 10 or whatnot, everybody does not need a quarterback. I don't see a team like the Cardinals drafting a quarterback. I don't see a team like uh, Tennessee drafting a quarterback. They just drafted Will Levis, the Colts. You know, so I, I can't remember everybody who's in the 1 through 10. I know the Bears uh, by way of the, the Panthers. So, you know, I, I just don't – I think that there's going to be a great quarterback that's going to fall into the Raiders' lap. Um, and in, in addition to that, those teams that do have good quarterbacks who have horrible records, um, they're going to start building around the quarterbacks that they do have, you know, like with receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, O-Lyman, you know, that's supposed to be coming out of the draft. So I'm just very optimistic that something is going to happen in regards to that. And if it doesn't, then maybe the Raiders consider a trade to move even a little bit closer because there is about four to six decent quarterbacks coming out of this draft. So just staying optimistic, man. Thank you for allowing me to call and go Raiders. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you, and it is exciting to see what they do. You know, and I'm with you. I think they'll do everything in their power to get the quarterback that they need, whoever they feel like that, that potentially is. Um, you know, remember, as far as the Raiders go in their draft pick, they can get as high as eight or they can go as low as 14. Right now, they're currently sitting there at 11. You've got the Panthers, Washington, New England, Arizona, uh, the Giants, Chargers, Titans, Jets, 
Falcons, Bears, Raiders. That's how it stands right now. The Panthers are at number one, but that pick goes to the Bears. So either they can stick with the quarterback, go with the quarterback there like a Caleb Williams, they can stick with Justin Fields, or maybe they trade that. Washington, I think they need a quarterback. New England definitely needs a quarterback. Arizona, I think they keep their quarterback. I think Kyler Murray has held on to his job. The Giants, I would say that they need a quarterback. They have Daniel Jones. They just gave him an extension, but I don't think he's it. So I wouldn't be shocked if they get a quarterback. The Chargers obviously don't need a quarterback. Titans don't need a quarterback. Jets, they probably do need a quarterback, but they'd anger Aaron Rodgers. So who wants to do that? So they probably won't draft one, even though they're in a really good position to get one. Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be around forever, but... Uh, because he's got such a stranglehold on that organization, I'm sure they won't go in that direction. The Falcons, I think, need a quarterback, but maybe they won't go that that order. Uh, the Bears, again, come up with their second pick. Uh, they can go with a quarterback, stick with Fields, you know, go get some playmakers around them, and then the Raiders are sitting there at 11. And that's if it were to end today, and they sat there at 11. Again, they can end up as low as 14. They can end up as high as number eight. So uh, that's just kind of how I look at it right now. Remember, there's going to be veteran quarterbacks as well that some of these teams may go get as opposed to go get a guy in the draft. So, you know, there's a few guys that I'm looking at that I really like. Jaden Daniels out of LSU is one guy that I'm a big fan of, especially because he's very familiar with Antonio Pierce. I like Michael Penix a lot out of Washington. I've liked him all year. I'm not just a victim of uh, a prisoner of the moment when it comes to uh, the Sugar Bowl. I've been talking about Michael Penix for quite a while. Guys like Bo Nix have the mobility that I like. They're gamers. He's been around uh, the game for a while. J.J. McCarthy, I think, would be uh, another guy to look at. I mean, there's multiple dudes to look at that the Raiders could go and draft at that quarterback position that I think would be good fits for the team. But, you know, again, we'll, we'll see what they do, and we'll see where they actually eventually end up finishing when it comes to draft order, and we'll know that following Sunday's game versus the Denver Broncos. Let's get one more text in. Or no, yeah, one more text in. Uh, sorry, this one's from Raider James in the 916. He says, hey Q, it's Raider James from the 916, Citrus Heights to be exact. It seemed like fans have short-term memory. Yes, we could and should have beat Indianapolis. We have a rookie quarterback that was not projected to be a starter on any draft boards. A new head coach that has never been a head coach in the NFL. An offensive coordinator that has never called plays in the NFL. It's easy to sit on the couch and point the finger, but we have to understand what we have to work with. I did not have any expectations this season. I hope we keep AP and do what you have stated, get an offensive coordinator to pair up with AP. This could also entice Adams and Jacobs to stay. These are great players, and they want to win as Raiders. Aiden O'Connell's a decent quarterback and could wind up being a solid starter. He needs to be more mobile and create more plays to win me over as longtime starter. I don't see him doing that, so we need to get him a great quarterback coach or swing for the fences and trade up in the draft. Defense has been solid. I think we finally have that moving in the right direction. We get away from AP. The players may be upset, and we'll have to buy into a whole new regime. Let's keep AP, get a quarterback from the draft, trade up, get an offensive coordinator, and then some more offensive line help. I love your show and appreciate your optimistic and realistic take on the Raiders. Happy New Year and happy holidays from my family to yours. That's Raider James in the 916 Citrus Heights. To be exact, thanks so much for the text, and I couldn't say it better myself. You know, and I'm all with the trade up to go get the quarterback that you want. Whoever it is that you really desire and think that that's your game changer, go get them. I'm usually never the guy that wants to give up a lot of draft capital, but you know, at some point you got to go ahead and just do what you got to do. You know, we had the call on Tuesday's show about stop just, you know, kind of playing around and, and playing with your food. Just go and make that move. Not in those exact words, but that's basically what they meant. And I agree hundred percent, go make your move, call your shot, get your guy and, and feel comfortable with what you're doing moving forward. The team is not as far away as maybe even the record looks like, uh, and I think that with the right people in place, as far as coaching goes, uh, GM goes, staff goes, and of course the roster, I think this team could be something to be really excited about 
moving forward. But that's just me. Raider James, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, that's all we got time for on today's show. Raider Nation for Life 420. We'll get to you tomorrow. Texas, uh, text from Eric in Dallas from St. Louis. We'll get to you as well. And, of course, we got more uh, on the way. Of course, what tomorrow is Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow's Thursday. So we got crossover Thursday. So I'll try to squeeze that call and text in. That may have to wait till Friday. It's weird with the short week. Right. Even though we had a show on New Year's, it's still weird and it makes me feel like it's earlier in the week than it really is. But we'll have crossover Thursday. We'll do one more of those and then we'll be done until, well, next season. Uh, so we'll talk all things Denver Broncos and all things Raiders coming up on tomorrow's show as well. Uh, we'll talk to Antonio Pierce later on today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And anything else that we bring that we get, we'll bring to the table on tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.